0: Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
1: All right, let's do it live on a Reaction Monday edition of the program. Nick Chubb is really good. He is really, really good. And the performances that you're getting out of him on a Sunday in and Sunday out basis are feel almost historic based on what he's doing. Um, it's a marvel to watch him play. It sucks that we lose among, amidst this because we're doing the things that if you go back to August and say if you do these things, would you win? You would say unequivocally yes. If you score 28 points like you do... You know, maybe not against his Chargers team because they sure. th- are so explosive, but it wasn't their pass game that hurt you; it was their rush game. So it's it's a matter of that's why that. I mean, there's a billion reasons why this stings, but you are getting historic play out of Nick Chubb, who has established himself as the best running back in football by a very decent margin, and it's not manifesting in wins. And it salts it's salts being the wasted every single Sunday, man.
2: It's being wasted. Nick Chubb right now, number one in the league in rushing yards, 593. Number one in the league in rushing touchdowns, seven. Number one in the league in missed tackles, forced 42. First in the league in explosive runs, 20. And the Browns are two and three, despite having, by all metrics, an elite offense. An elite offense. An offense that produced 28 in this one. An offense that should have produced 31, 34, 37 to 41 minimum. Couple of field goals, and then the Jacoby Brissett interception down there. And it's a team that unfortunately is shooting itself in the foot. Our defense is a mess. We will talk about that ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. There was a move that was made in response to the defense being a mess. And I said it last week, all week. We are not talking enough about Anthony Walker Jr.'s injury. Mm -hmm. And folks, what you have seen since Anthony Walker Jr. left this lineup is complete chaos on the second level of our defense. Inexcusably bad run defense. And Anthony Walker not only was playing at a high level himself, his knowledge of the opponent's schemes allowed him to make sure that those around him, young players like a JOK, were positioned properly and understood what was coming and what they needed to do. And so he was able to not only be good himself, but guide others and lift their play in much the way that a great point guard does or a great quarterback does. And as the quarterback of the defense, that's what he was able to do. And when he has not been there, you have seen what has happened as a result. I said this on the broadcast yesterday, two things that were just very difficult to stomach. Austin Eckler came into this game with 140 yards rushing on the season. He rushed for 173. The chargers had rushed for 258 yards in four NFL games in Mm -hmm. the year 2022. They ran for 238 yesterday. That is too easy. You actually did a pretty
1: good job, all things considered, against Justin Herbert. You would take that stat line. If I told you on Friday, 22-34, 228, a touchdown, you say win. Win. Win, Win. dog. Yeah. That's a win. And, And, unfortunately, we are
2: losing games that we should be winning over and over and over again. It's happened three times. And so a team that should be, could be, Atop the AFC, Mm -hmm. certainly atop the AFC North, finds itself now in two and three in a rough predicament going forward. And now we can beat anybody. I think that's obvious.
1: We can beat anybody. We can lose to anybody. We're not going
2: to get run by anybody. We're not going to blow anybody out. That's the problem. We're up fourteen nothing. You can't got to
1: bury them, bury somebody, and that's what happened against the Jets. It happened against this Chargers team. Like you build these leads, you're not able to put them away, and then they can come all the way back, and then. Mistakes that otherwise would be relatively benign are critical, because of because you haven't done enough to put them away leading up to it. Every look, everyone's gonna. There's a million things you can point to here. Um, Jacoby's pick, you know, at the at the line of the the guy, and he runs. It's a first down at minimum, and they only had two timeouts in the two minute warning. You
2: would have been able to basically take all of their timeouts out and either score a touchdown on third down or kick a field goal with. Lot, not a lot of time for their offense to have the football and get down the field and make a field goal with a guy who was making his NFL debut after a six-year odyssey to get to this point.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy because Jacoby is giving you, I think, if if you go back to August, he's giving you more than what I think most people thought that he could give. The problem is that in three instances, and two of them were pretty critical, there are interceptions that are at the most inopportune times, which is something that he doesn't do any other time. I mean, he does not put the ball in harm's way, except in these instances where he has, and they're just backbreakers. But this is not on him. There's a lot of blame to go around here. Our defense deserves a brunt of it for its inability to stop the rushing attack of the Los Angeles Chargers. 10.8 a carry for Austin Eckler in this game. It's outrageous. He was running untouched. 2.9. I mean... To, to think that that's possible, it's, it's just hard to wrap your head around. If you had
2: said to me, we would be the number six scoring offense in the National Football League, mm-hmm. averaging 26.6 points per game, there is no way that we are anything other than 4-1 and one in my mind. I would have said, okay, we, maybe we could have lost to the Chargers scoring 26.6. You go back to last year, if we had scored exactly 22-0 the last eight, we win the AFC North. What has happened to our defense? We will be able to talk about some people that I thought played very well on the defensive side of the football, Mm -hmm. and there's some people that I was very excited about how they performed, and we'll talk about them. But overall, it feels like it is a defense without an identity. It feels like it is a defense that unfortunately is too soft, that does not have fire. And I don't know how much you, I know you're not waiting all day for Sunday night. I'm not either. Yeah. but. Watching the physicality and just the passion that was on display in that Bengals and Ravens game oh, yeah. was a very stark contrast to what we have seen defensively from
1: not everybody, yeah. but a, a lot of the guys. And so, well, what we're seeing too is that the, at the heart of our defense, in the middle of our defense, we're not very good, especially without Anthony Walker. Talking no. about middle linebacker and the two defensive tackles, we're bad. And so that is allowing teams to just gash us up the middle over and over and over again. And you're having to overcorrect at other positions. Um, It's, it's wildly frustrating to watch and it's painful. Um, And we, we certainly feel your pain out there listening because I it's, and by the way, your evaluation that you just gave, the
2: evaluation that a lot of people, certainly that I have talked to, have given of what's happening at, at the linebacking situation, it's clearly the same evaluation that the Browns have. Yeah, they see it. Because they just made a trade to get a former Pro Bowl linebacker in Deion Jones, who last year had 137 tackles for the Falcons. He's been a Pro Bowler. He's got 11 picks, 44 passes, defense in his career. He's an excellent coverage linebacker. He's an excellent run-defending linebacker. He's a stud out LSU. They knew that what they were doing right now was hindering our ability to win. And and maybe it was – I don't know if he's ready to go. He's been on IR, so people understand that with a shoulder. But they understand that what's happening right now is not good enough Mm -mm. for this team and for this defense. I mean, you go back to the play second down on the final possession of the Chargers Mm -hmm. where they hit a play-action boot to Mike Williams for about 20 yards Mm -hmm. uncovered. Yeah. Nobody knew where they were supposed to be up in the snap. You have guys switching sides, run this way, run that way. Jacob Phillips doesn't know where he's supposed to be. And he was supposed to be the one covering Williams uncovered. Yeah. How many times was there somebody completely uncovered? We would blitz and then not peel with the running back. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many schemes are where somebody is completely unaccounted for. Sometimes you can bring seven, I guess. And if they put five out in a pass route, he would be uncounted for. But we did that a couple of times in a cover 0 situation and, and they were able to just identify it. when their quarterback 66 he's going to just toss it right over you. It was a frustrating game and then we haven't even mentioned Cade York. Cade York's got to make those kicks.
1: Well, the, I mean he's got to make the kicks, so this I'm is sorry. this well of course he does. And here's the other thing that's strange is his ball flight has changed. I don't know if you could see it from the box. That's that going that way west, the wind will naturally push it back right. Okay, so here's the deal. Like you remember the Carolina game. Remember all of camp. It's all right. Everything's left. starting out right, and it's coming back. Yep. It's drawing back in left. He's he's doing his ball is now the, on both those misses. They just went. They never came it's back. That. You remember Boswell kicked down there. Gotta, then he's got to adjust for that because for sure. he, he pushed them both just straight right. I mean, the first one was a big push. The first right. one, but was the big. second one, it's in the similar direction. It like,
2: started like the Carolina one, but the, it's, it's not it never gonna come back. back. Well, it can't stay out at that end of the end zone. It yeah. just doesn't. So he, it's you know, but he's you got to hit it. you got to hit those. Justin Tucker has never missed no. in the last minute of a game. Did you see that hit kick
1: and the way yes. he just turned and said, duh, winning? They, there was something last night where they said when he – and by the way, as soon as the has Bengals he made like, scored to go up, I said, well, the Ravens are winning on a field goal from but, Tucker. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. So he goes in. They they said that it would have made it if – it was so dead center that if he would have made it if the field goal was 18 inches across. Yeah, because he's – Money. right down. The Has road. he made like yeah. 60 in a row in the second half?
2: It's something like it's that. It's something, something absurd, like yeah. but hes yeah. I think he's 19 of 19. And that's 19. why you drafted
1: Cade York. Not to be the best kicker in the history of football, but you spend a pick on a kicker to make these kicks. Well, you, that's the job. Certainly not to miss an extra point no. late against the Jets,
2: which, by the way, played a big, fact role in that. You talk about all the other stuff, but if you're up 14, at least you're going into overtime. Yeah. And then two kicks in this one. The one at the end of the first half would have put you up seven. Mm -hmm. That was a big kick. Sure. A big kick. Missed. This one. Missed. Big. And you don't get those back. That's Mm -hmm. the thing that's so hard about the National Football League is you don't get these games back. And the Browns are going to be kicking themselves. Good news, our offense is unreal with a backup quarterback, and I can tell you right now, look right into the camera, there is not another team in the NFL that would be able to do what they're doing offensively with their backup quarterback other than what Kevin Stefanski and this Browns offense is doing. Mm -mm. But we are not playing complimentary football. Special teams has let us down, and the defense has let us down. And somebody needs to step up and either get in butts or make a play. If it's a player, coach, whatever it is, it cannot continue anymore because we're – Exceeding offensively our expectations for this far football team exceeding, buddy.
1: Massively far exceeding.
2: And we are far underachieving in the other two categories of a three phase game. And yes, you could say, look, Jacoby, y- you can't throw that pick. A hundred percent you can't throw that pick. You can't do it. But offensively, for the most part, we've been darn good. I mean, you're asking him to play perfect. You're asking him to play like he's Justin Herbert, and right. he's not. No, but I mean, and he's almost doing it. He is doing <laughs> he's it. He's really it's almost our, doing it. Everybody knows the, we want to run the ball, yeah, and we're running it anyway.
1: Yeah, it's come down to a few. I mean, Namari's been great. Like, gosh, Donovan, oh my, Peoples-Jones Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones has been great. Like Donovan Peoples Jones has been great. Jones has been great. Like Sh- joku has been great. Yeah, like it's not. It's not there. It's not on that side of the ball. It's, um, yeah. It's it's strange to watch, you know, a defense that we saw in camp and thought this is going to be a scary defense, and see it turn into what it's turned into. Um, and to just be bullied on a regular basis. And we are, I mean, we got bullied against the Falcons last week, got bullied this week against, uh, the chargers and this, we're not playing Derrick Henry here, man. You're not playing Lamar Jackson. Like, You should be. These are teams who struggled, especially Chargers who struggled running the football. Were non-existent. They ran for as many yards practically in a game that they had in four
2: games combined previous. They came in this average in two point nine yards a carry. Eckler, you said was over ten yards a carry. He ran for more in one game than he had on the whole season. It's just wild to me. And by the way. You know, you want to talk about some guys on defense that I, I'm feeling. I'm feeling what they put out there yesterday. and Clowney was great. Yeah, he was. He was fantastic. He was the one making plays in the backfield. He was everywhere. He was playing with emotion and fired up. Greg Newsom was great.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Greg Newsom chased down Austin Eckler. Yeah, he did. And we, that was four points. He saved us four points. We ended up holding right there. And our D was actually pretty darn good in the red zone, believe it or not. The guy kicked, what, three 20-yard field goals? Mm-hmm. And MJ Emerson. 23 is a dude. I love that guy. Mm -hmm. That guy wants it. That guy wanted in the biggest moment of the game to be on Mike Williams, and he made the play. Mm -hmm. He is an absolute dog, and he wants it. Mm -hmm. He wants to compete. He has the fire that I think if we can get those guys to get that fire permeating, we've got a chance to have something. But right now, it is time. Like Devin Clowney said it best. He goes, yeah, we're great on paper. That's awesome. But we're not great on the football no. field, and that's what matters the most.
1: No, it's tough. It's tough to drop to two and three, and you feel like you should be at the very worst four and one. But you cannot talk yourself into five and zero. But in the end, you are what your record says you are, and it's two and, and three. It's a, and it's a big road to hoe here coming forward. Um, but I'm
2: not. The thing about it is, we talked about how our schedule is so tough, and it is. But like, we absolutely we can score on anybody. There's, there's the deal. No though, doubt this in my is, mind.
1: This is the problem. It's it's what I said. Yes, you're not no one is gonna run us out of a building. We're too good. But we, we need run it to get too well.
2: We need to find clutch meter. But clutch, go, the clutch ain't there.
1: Clutch fountain, go get it. Find we're, it. We're opposite. Drink. We're opposite of clutch. Anti-clutch. And so that's what leads to um, you know, you feel in the way that you feel and why it feels like it's so insurmountable, you know, to be two and three and look at what you're looking at. But no, there's nobody on the schedule that's gonna run us out of the building. It's not happening. We run it too well. The offensive line's too good, Nick Chubbs too good, Kareem Hunt's too good, Jacoby Brissett's playing too good. Not going to happen. And We're good in the red zone, to your point, in terms of keeping them out of sevens and into threes, but we're not clutch. And that's, I don't know how you coach that. I don't know if that's give a damn. I don't know what that is, but it's, we're not. When it comes to the biggest moments, we fail.
2: We're not clutch. We're not disciplined. And we're not about the details. Mm-mm. And that, and we've been, I've said that for weeks now. Yeah. So the discipline, how many personal fouls do we have? Four. Yeah. Four 15 yard penalties to an offense that needs no help whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Now, the Grant Delpit one. What's he supposed to do? He was already t- going to tackle him when he slid at the like last second. It was kind of a half slide right, at best. Right. Yeah, that you was a to tough call. But we had three 15-yarders that we can't be having. No. We've got to keep maintain our composure. John Johnson certainly knows that. And, yeah, that looked like a devastating crackback block from Austin Eckler on, on Jacob Phillips. that should have been flagged. It was not. But we can't give them 15 more yards. No. Because they put him right down there and they run it in we got to find ways to be clutch. We have got to find ways to just dig deep and and just not accept losing, not tolerate losing. We've got to – the fire's got to be lit. And if it's not now, this season could get away from this team really quickly, which would be a shame because of what we've talked about, the way the offense has performed. Mm -hmm. Like, this was a defense that was supposed to carry an offense. It's the other way. The offense is carrying big, and it's not – it's just running out of a little steam in the end here in a couple times. Cade makes a field goal, though we win the game.
1: You're asking the offense to play perfect, and it almost has. Yeah, darn near. Which is something none, nobody out there would have asked of it in August. And and for people that are upset about the fourth down call when we,
2: you know, we've got, we got, you know, Jacoby Brissett. I dropped an Ed Rooney reference on the broadcast yesterday nine <laughs> times. Yes, he has snuck snuck nine for nine this year. That we ran a play when Joe Thomas comes on for the Joe Thomas Hour, the half hour number two. He will tell you why that was not only a good play call and why it should have been a touchdown. We missed a block again in Mm -hmm. a clutch moment with one of our best players, just as we did at the end against Atlanta. One of our best players, Joel Batonio, got beat for the sack by Grady Jarrett. The Browns, it's the little things, man. Sound like Dan Campbell. It's the little things, and and that's what's biting us because we deserve – To be better than we are, the fans you deserve for this football team's record to be better
1: than it is, because these losses are, in some ways, stupefying. Mm -hmm. And Brandon Staley had one of the most boneheaded fourth and short calls I've ever seen in the history of my life. He gave you the game, gave gave us the game. Fourth and pretty much two. It's one point seven five or whatever. It's basically two. He ran a slant. MJ Emerson's all over it. Breaks it up. I mean, we have no timeouts. There's a minute 14. If he punts it deep, you get you look what you're asking, and instead he gives it to you there, and you don't take advantage of it, and that let him off the hook, and it put us on the hook. Now the play calling it in that
2: drive, that I, I didn't love. Mm-hmm. The first you get the first down to Amari Cooper, you get up to the line, and I said on the broadcast, I said we can still run it here, and you in can. my mind I'm thinking this is there's five in the box, yeah, four linemen and one linebacker. Inside zone, just a quick little inside handoff out of the shotgun. So you can get right back on the line. You can't spread out. Two things. Yeah. One, you're probably going to get five to six yards out of that, Was would be my guess. Two, you're exactly right. The play is going to stop right where it started. So you're going to be able to get right back Take on the ball. Take five steps and you You're snapping yeah. it again. You run wide. You lose yards. Mm-hmm. You're not losing yards on an inside. No, line. you're not. And it took a lot of time. And then second down would have been the play in my mind. All right, let's try to get eight or so and run a play for that purpose. Get to whatever hash Cade wants it to be on. Mm -hmm. Spike it. Let it take come down, spike it, and then we can kick the field goal. Because once you throw a bomb on second, and and you're going to throw it fine. One-on-one. Donovan Peoples-Jones caught it. By the way, he catches everything. He
1: does catch everything, yeah. With a
2: high degree of difficulty. Mm-hmm. It feels like for whatever reason, a lot of times when the ball's thrown to him, it is, he's got to make an insane catch, which he does, but you got to throw that ball in bounds. It's got to be in bounds. You got to give him a chance to catch the football inbounds.
1: Right. But, but what those two do is it takes third down, it takes the middle of the field out on so third, down. third down the middle so of the field down. There's 20 seconds left. And you're cooked. Right, because you can't, you can't spike it. No. Because so you're it's third run down. run out of field goal unit. It's impossible.
2: Right. So you, what you do is you go to the sideline. Now, had he waited a beat longer, and I understand why he wanted to get rid of it. A sack is game over. Yeah. He's also going to air being wide as opposed to inside there. So that's sure. either completion or incomplete. Not, no chance for a game-ending pick. But if he'd waited a beat longer, oh, man, Amari Cooper was wide open about 15 yards down the field. Yeah. It's those little things, those details. And, you know, of course, it's so hard for Jacoby. He didn't see the guy when he threw the pick. He still could have run it. We could have probably run out the clock Yeah, and had the game right there. It's just so frustrating the way that's come down to it. But, look, even with all of that, oh, we didn't do this, we didn't do that, we didn't do this, Cade York makes a field goal. One. We win the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And that's why he's here. And, why unfortunately, he directed, yeah. it is a binary business yep. when you are at that position. Good, not good. Win, loss. All on his foot. And he's given us one. He's taken away one. And the extra point at the Jets certainly culpable in that mm-hmm. outcome.
1: Yep. yep. Lots to unpack here. Hey, Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry. Enjoy life, laundry. Tide Cleaners offering 30% off dry cleaning for the entire month of October. Be entered to win four VIP Browns tickets to an upcoming home game. Just mention the promo code Browns. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location to you. Some exclusions may apply. Lots more to unpack on this one. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Coming to you live from the cross country Cleveland, Cleveland Browns Games. Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: The Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams. You transform your current bath into a custom bath situation. A little bit of a spa feel in there for you. They'll do it for you about a day. The Bath Authority makes it a reality for you at a fracture of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are expert and in factory trained installers. You give them a call now, you get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Superior products with expert installers at TheBathAuthority.com, 216-220-8399. Um, Gibby wants to know who shouldn't we be angry with today? We kind of led the show with Nick Chubb, but not, nothing, to, nothing to see here. There's a lot to like. You mentioned the defensive players. I think that's what makes it... For me, this is what makes it so troubling and, and painful because it's not like this is stunning incompetence. In fact, we are very, very competent at a great many things, including almost everything offensively. Everything. We're very, very competent and actually among the best in the league at a lot of it. It's clutch. It's some special teams gaffes, and it's a defense that does not know what it, that is unable to fix what it's bad at it on gives the fly. Up
2: too many big plays. It is, you're right. Unable to make adjustments in the game to stop the bleeding, uh, but who are we not mad? Who are you won't, angry with? You can't be mad at the offense at all. None of it. And I know that there are people you can maybe question a call here or there, but for the most part, Kevin's fancy called a flawless game. He did a tremendous job putting our offense in position to succeed. We put up points. We moved the football. I mean, folks, you're talking about a team. You, ran,
1: you threw for 230 and ran for 213. You averaged seven yards a carry on 31 carries. You, you averaged 21 of 34 at quarterback, I mean, it's – I don't know what more you could expect out of, a, out of this situation. You had 27 first downs and faced
2: 10 third downs. Think about that. 17 times yeah. you got a first down without even getting to third down on first or second down. You averaged seven yards a play. You put up 443 yards of offense, okay? That's winning football. Without question, that's winning football. You were three of four turning red zone trips into touchdowns. Two of two on goal to go. They were two of four on goal to go. Two of four. We were two of two. Mm -hmm. So I'll say it. The entire offensive line. Excellent. Again, pass catchers. Najoku. Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones. All excellent. Shout out to David Bell. Not going to show up in the stat sheet, but on Jacoby Brissett's big scramble for a first down. David Bell with a great block down the field. Great block down the field to help spring him there. Obviously, Nick Chubb, sublime, the best. I'll be honest. I know we're keeping him fresh, but I feel like he's got to be at twenty touches a game. Period. End of story.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that yesterday. It would, you know, this was. I I thought before this season. I and I know it would be difficult because of Kareem, but I did wonder if this was an eighteen hundred yard Nick Chubb type year is what would be required. And, and I do. I think that we need to be. I, you certainly are. I do think with Chubb, like. Last series, I know that Kareem's a better pass blocker, but if you're going to run a, a if you're going to run it, then I want twenty four. And I acknowledge how great Kareem is. I'm not. Pretending. I want him in there he's on not. the fourth down. Player. Yeah, I, I want him, want him in, in there always. He's just such a threat. It just he's such a one cut go, and then can make you miss in the hole. He's shifty. He's the best running back in football, and he just should be on the field in the fourth down in the fourth quarter when drives and, and the games are on the line. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And then going back, like I said, Najoku. Three straight games over 70 yards, six for 88 on six targets, caught every target. Big catch down near the goal line. He made big catches on the sideline. He looks I, like what they paid him to be. Yes, he looks like a legit tight end. Jacoby again, 21 to 34, 230, the touchdown. Operated this offense effectively. By the way, wasn't sacked. Wasn't sacked once in this game. Jacoby Mm-mm. Brissett. No sacks. We were credited with a sack on the play when. Uh Herbert ran out of bounds for a one yard loss. Oh we're... I think Jacob Phillips was actually credited with the set he okay. to, is, as the nearest defender. Um but look, offensively, nothing to complain about. Defensively, up front, I'll start up front. No issues with what I saw from Jadevian Clowney yesterday. None whatsoever. I thought he was all over the place. Team high five quarterback pressures. Uh, He was dominant in the run game. He had four stops, tackles for losses. He was all over the field, and I thought that he was the one guy that it felt like played the run the best. I thought he was excellent. Miles didn't have the sacks. He didn't have the gaudy numbers. Still he was so close so many times to Justin Herbert and his pressure forced an incompletion on what should have been a touchdown to Josh Palmer where they had to settle for a field goal on one of those. That's it up front. Your defensive tackles have got to be better. They, they've got to be better. Alex Wright was supposed to be brought along slowly. He's been thrust into a fire that I don't know that he's totally ready for at this point. Perrion, same thing. on flashes great plays, but then will be completely wildly out
1: of his gap the next. Yeah. on one of those big gashers he got blocked like, into Jacob Phillips, like seven yards down beat, the field, down the field. Yeah. Yes. Um, linebacking play
2: was not good at all. Too many missed tackles. Our tackling was poor. Go to the secondary though. Again, MJ Emerson, Greg Newsom, both of them, I thought played their, their hearts out. And I thought both played very, very well. Um, uh, you know, Grant was a lot of people have been giving Grant a, a, a rough time, but I thought he actually had a pretty good game, uh, when you watched it back. Um, But again, not good enough. Not any impact plays. Yes. You could say the stop on fourth down by MJ Emerson impact play. Greg Newsome chasing down Austin Eckler, Mm -hmm. turning a touchdown into three impact play. And we were good down there near the goal line. They were two of five in the red zone, two of four goal to go. That's good. But in between, not good, not Mm -hmm. good enough. Too much discombobulation, too much confusion, poor tackling. Again, just not, it was not good enough, and you lost another game that you should have won. The Chargers hadn't won back-to-back games on the road, by the way, since 2018. They tried to give it to you. If the converse had happened, if that was a Browns team that went for it at their own 45 in that situation and didn't get it,
1: it's 100% that we're losing a There's game. no question. Like 100%. There's no question. Yeah there's just bad mo I don't know I don't know how to break the bad mojo thing I don't know how you make it, make them clutch uh it's it's also a chargers team that doesn't it, I mean there's no Bosa there was no Keenan Allen in the game for them you had to take advantage of this and you get it gifted because of the the Brandon Staley play call on for to, to go for it on fourth down you it's it's right there for you you went from uh, oh god they're playing out the string to oh my goodness we can win this thing we're gonna win this thing right go kick a field goal and you're done and it's good yeah and instead it, it doesn't happen. And you know, I don't know. I it's it's gonna take it feels like something has to change from a from a defensive personnel standpoint, and that's how you get the Deion Jones sure acquisition, is that that they all acknowledge that too. By the way, don't lose you think about how tirelessly people in this organization at the top are working to fix things. Like think about the fact that A B is making a trade on a Sunday afternoon after that evening game. after that game, yep. saying, I've got to find a solution here to give these guys a better chance to succeed because we're not doing it right now. Yep. And so that was amazing to me that that deal was pulled off before it even, we, it was at the beginning of the Sunday
2: night. My guess is it had to be talked about when we were in Atlanta or once Anthony Walker went down and it yeah. was something that started to be a discussion and they were able to find and said, okay, pull the trigger, we gotta get this done. There aren't any magical solutions out there at defensive tackle. I know people want there to be, and I know they want it to be in Domkin but in Domkin is not on anybody's roster, either by his own choosing or the league's choosing. I, I, keep I don't telling, know what it
1: is. I, we, I said that last week. Like, there's this notion that you just go say, hey, you have to sign with us. He's got to want to play football, and he might not. And he, and he might. He might not, not want to play here either. He right. might want to wait until there's a better situation at the end of the year. Like if Dallas says, hey, would you like to join us in week 10 and they're somehow above water still at that point? Yeah, sure, I'll go play for the Cowboys and live in Texas and have no state tax and, and play on a team that maybe can make some noise. I mean, that that's the right, the right that he has. This notion that, like, you just give people money and they have to come, go get this guy. You can't just do that. That's This isn't Madden for crying out loud. No, and even
2: further to go and you look at, you know, him he last year was not the best year that he's had in the league so it's not like he is an uh ascending asset at this
1: point is he better than what we have he's probably better than what we have probably but you still he's still going to want to be here a couple of other additional roster moves made today uh miller forestall elijah and both uh waived from injured reserve and then Josh Rosen released from the practice squad as well. So those those are some other additional things. What else could I mean as this week goes on, what else could be done?
2: People executing their jobs. The fact that we don't understand where to be before snaps to me is stunning. Still I will give some credit. I, I know this, and certainly on the back end, they were well prepared for this. And you notice this, how many times did the Chargers Go quick Mm -hmm. and they ran a play action shot play. Six, they hit none of them. And that's how they were abusing people this year. That's their go to. The Browns were prepared for it. They were on it and they took care of it. So some of the things were good, but up front, run fits, you've got it. Whatever your gap is, you've got to be in that gap.
1: Yeah.
2: We're too often not in the right places. We're too often misaligned. And it's that's one thing if it's a new defense. And new players, right? Mm -hmm. Third year in this defense. Yep. For a lot of these players. Can't be having that. You can't be having that. And so, I don't know. And I don't know if you need to, like, start at some point, right? You have to ask yourself, do I put a less talented individual Mm -hmm. who I know will do their assignment Mm -hmm. on the field? Because instead of getting gash for a 70-yard run, maybe they'll get six instead of five. But they're not going to get 70.
1: No. I, don't, I, I think all's on the table at this point after the last two performances, especially what we gave up on the ground. OBM, the official partner, partner of your Cleveland Browns, when you depend on the Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM. They can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Kevin Stefanski's press conference up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Browns fans catch the Kevin Stavansky show with Zee and Gerard Thursday night from 7 to 8 at Greaton Road Tavern. Meet Browns quarterback Josh Jobs and check out Thursday night football as the guys get you ready for Sunday's game against the Patriots. And now let's go to the podium. Kevin Stefanski's presser.
3: Okay. Injury front, like I mentioned yesterday, Denzel is in the concussion protocol. You know, the game, like also, like we mentioned, it was very frustrating. You know, we, we want to go in there and, and get a win, and and we didn't. So, obviously, credit to them. that they, they, they beat us, uh, but we got to look at the areas that we beat ourselves as well. I think there were just a, too many examples, offense, defense, special teams, players, coaches, where we just beat ourselves. So, that's really the focus uh, of today is – looking at ways that we can get better. Things that need to be fixed, we got to fix them. Um, And that's what we're going to focus on. And then we got another AFC opponent coming in next week, uh, Sunday to our place, two and three football team, just like us. So uh, like I mentioned, we got to get to fixing these things and then uh, be ready to get to work on Wednesday. And with that, I'll take any questions.
1: Hey, Kevin, um, you guys acquired Deion Jones from Atlanta. I know he's been um, hurt. Uh, earlier this year, is is he ready to go and and what can he do to help you?
3: Yeah, we'll see on Tom. Uh, he gets in tomorrow, uh, obviously, and we'll we'll put our eyes on him and and that type of thing, but just felt like uh, we could add a veteran linebacker to the group and uh, thought it was the right thing to do.
1: How do you fix this run defense?
3: Yeah, you know, obviously. Gave up 238 yards rushing, uh, so it's never one thing. It can't be one player, It can't be one scheme, can't be one position. It's everybody. So uh, we got to own it and we got to fix it. Uh, we got to make sure that we look at everything. Uh, there's there's nothing that that you can't look at. We got to be very intentional uh, about that because uh, you know until you stop, it, teams are going to always continue to to do that.
1: Yeah. Hey, Kevin, could you go through the the day-to-day plan with Watson now that he's been allowed back inside uh, the building there?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, haven't been able just saw Deshaun uh, this morning for the first time. So uh, we'll work through what we're allowed to do with him uh, for the foreseeable future, which I believe is he's in the meeting rooms uh, with our guys. And, and he's in there now uh, with the guys, which is, is great for him and us to have him back uh, with his teammates. Uh, and then I know he can't be out on the field and, and working out just yet with the guys. So we'll just uh, take that one day by day. Any impression of the work he did, football, non-football wise, while he was gone? Yeah, he's, he's in a good spot. Uh, you know, I think he uh, worked real hard, was in town, uh, working locally, making sure that he was staying on top of it physically. Um, so now he's just got to catch up a little bit uh, in the meeting room. Kevin, on um, run defense, is there any growing concern that you guys are just too light at the
1: linebacker position? And- with the three safety look, and the teams have finally identified that as a point of attack?
3: Yeah, I think I understand the question, Tony. Uh, I, I do believe in run defense. Uh, a lot of it is discipline, running the ball, tackling well. Um, it's our jobs to put the guys in position to make plays. Uh, that, that's obvious. So schematically, we got to make sure they're in position, uh, and then we got to tackle, uh, which we just didn't do a good enough job yesterday. Okay, and
1: uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, Brissett's, uh, you know, three interceptions uh, have all come uh, when you're trying to get in position to win a game. Um, is it becoming indecent? You talk about putting the players in the right position for them to succeed. Um, is it becoming difficult the way your defense is playing to keep Brissett out of those situations?
3: You know, I have a lot of faith in Jacoby, Tony. Um, I think he's he's playing well. And, and that was a bad play. Uh, he, he knows that. He's beating himself up about that. Um, but he, he's making some big plays in these games, uh, both with his arm, with his feet, uh, to, to, to you know give ourselves a chance to go score points or whatever it is. So um, I, I think he'll be in those moments again. Might be this week, might be the following week, and, and I expect him to come through.
1: You know, it's a shame because he's been so good. He's been superb. Like 98% of the time, Jacoby Brissett has been superb, and he's not the reason that the three losses are are on the board. It's just that the picks that he threw were in at brutal spots. uh, Obviously, yeah. Yeah.
2: They were in brutal spots, obviously, late in the games. But he's done things with not just his arm, with his leg as well that I think has been incredibly impressive. I thought he was sacked on that play. Watching it in the booth, I thought he was sacked. And the next thing I know, he's out there running and picks up you 18, 20 yards uh, for that first down. He's been phenomenal. He's done enough for this team to be 5-0. and He has more than carried his own weight. More than carried his own weight. The ball has been precise. He's missed a few throws here and there, of course. But he, again, folks, we're doing this with our backup quarterback. Deshaun Watson back in the building today. He can be mm-hmm. in meetings. He can mm-hmm. do all of that. He just can't practice with the team for a couple more weeks. But he's our backup quarterback. And he's playing as one of the top Certainly, top half of the league quarterbacks in the NFL right now, if not, you know, top twelve, top ten, depending on various metrics. And watching him, I mean, he's been so efficient. He's sixth in the league in QBR. Okay, that's winning football,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we're a losing team. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, he's been excellent. Amari's been great. Najoku's been great. Donovan Peoples Jones has been great. I still think we are missing because Anthony Schwartz is not a factor no we're missing a vertical threat in this offense.
1: listen you go back to camp and you think about now certainly we would have thought that anthony walker jr would be here no one could have foreseen an injury you know like that to him but if you go to the questions that you had in camp it was defensive tackle and i I said over and over again speed receiver like those are the things that right now we don't have nope we are not good at defensive tackle and we're not good at, at someone who can take the top off of anything and despite that Offensively, you're scoring plenty of points to be able to win these games, and frankly should.
2: Even with a compressed, compressed field. It compresses right? what you're able to do. And I mean,
1: imagine what will happen when you have an ability to stretch the entire field, and Nick Chubb gets to play in that type of offense, what it'll look it
2: like. Just that's the thing. Like We could be scoring 35 a game once Deshaun Watson takes you'd be over. Like,
1: you'd be in a situation, you're in the situation Buffalo's in, the situation The the Chiefs are in. Where you just bury people
2: yep and that's what we have not been able to do unfortunately and I think that's what this Browns team needs to be able to do
1: I mean you've scored 26 30 29 20 and 28 that's enough that's enough it's more than enough you know and it you is could more have than enough you could have a loss to the Jets but then you had to get these two and and that's what didn't happen everything that could go wrong did. And honestly, based on what we've seen from Cade York since the opener, I almost feel fortunate to win that one because that's a 58-yarder. Of course. That's the, that's the craziest part of all of
2: this. We had an opportunity to put away all five of these games in comfortable yeah. fashion. Now, the Chargers, probably tough to put away, right? Yeah, they're really good. But we saw the way that they folded like a house of cards against the Jags when the Jags stuck it to them and didn't let them get back in the game. We had a chance to do it. We were up 14 nothing. Then we were up 14-3 and got the ball back. You go up 21-3 right there, okay, that could be an interesting scenario for them to try to deal with flying across the country. But we did not do that. But we're doing enough, and I think that the way in which we are losing is so painful for everybody because we know this shouldn't be happening. I mean, one area special teams, by the way, here's somebody else he shouldn't be mad at. Corey Bohorquez has been unreal. He's been great. (laughs) His directional yes. punting invokes the great Cole. We haven't seen directional punting no, in this organization like since the great Cole at hit the peak of his powers. But he's hit it from 61 yards down to their one yard line. And what did we let him do? 99 mm-hmm. yards. It's just right there. That's got to be most teams you're thinking, let's get a safety. Let's get a pick six. That's where pick six happens. Nothing. We're not generating any turnovers at all. No. Uh-uh. Right, we didn't have a turnover against the Falcons, a takeaway. We didn't have a takeaway in this one.
1: Did Denzel had a pick against – it wasn't the Falcons. Oh, yeah, it was the Falcons. He did. Falcons, he had that pick, had against, pick against the Falcon, Falcons, yeah. but we lost the turnover battle 2-1. to one. Yeah, yeah. We lose the turnover battle here 1-0. We only had one sack. Sacks, interceptions, fumbles, one. Which was – Iffy. Generous. Really. Yeah. Goose egg, yeah. Should have been a donut.
2: So we haven't – we just haven't been – Doing what we need to do defensively. That, and that's really where it goes back to Cade York. You've got to make those kicks. You invested a fourth round pick in a kicker. You got to make them. And he's I, the only
1: kicker drafted
2: and you got to make those kicks. Mm-hmm. Make one of them. He's never missed two in a game in his life.
1: Yeah. Well, and then you worry, right? Cause, well, kick, cause kickers are like pitchers. Golfers. They're like golfers. It totally. becomes mental. Do yeah. you see it? Are you questioning everything, what you're doing? Sure. So that's, that's a big sense of worry there. Um, one of the things that we spent you know, quite a bit of the, in the terms of the the stuff that we played from Coach, there was more to it, but one of the things that we centered on quite a bit there was Watson's return. So Deshaun Watson is in the building, as you alluded to. He's in the building this week. He will be in this scenario for what amounts to four weeks, and then he'll be able to begin practicing, and then he'll be practicing for four weeks before he plays. Yep. So that's where you're at on this. Remember, he does not come back until the game against Houston. So in terms of the games remaining, Patriots this week at Ravens, Bengals here at Miami, at the Bills, and then the Bucks. And the crazy thing about all of this, with the exception to the Bills, because they are a machine, um, but with the exception to them, none of these look as insurmountable as they did before the season. They really don't. I don't know if you watched the Bengals game last night. They can't throw the ball down the field. No. And by the way, I, I said this again, it was my hot take watching them. T. Higgins
2: is a, is. As important to them, if not more, it feels like, than Jamar Chase right now.
1: Right now he is because Zach Taylor's not putting them in a good position week in and week out, and so there's not much imagination in the Nixon offense. Nixon can't do Nixon anything. Nixon can't get going. Yesterday was his best game of the season, I think he had 78 yards. Yep. Um, Lamar and the Ravens, if we can't stop the run, that's going to be a problem. This Patriots team, who knows who the quarterback's going to be. Doesn't matter. They got. It's going to be Zappy. I'm It's sure. going to be Stevenson just – Ramondre Stevenson yeah. is unbelievable gonna, against the Lions. Just going to run it right at you. How about them? They can't play an ounce of offense. All of a sudden, the Lions Lions scoring forty zero. points a week, and all of a sudden they go to Big Bad New England and they get shut out. The Dolphins. So do you think that's? I mean, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, that's wild. I just think the league makes no damn sense.
2: Bree, let me tell you something. I said it before. We caught the Jets early in their development, and that was a good time yeah. for us to get that win. They're not a bad team, and no. Brees Hall is a stud.
1: He is. Yeah, I remember he was very good at Iowa State. The the one thing with. The Dolphins, though, is Bridgewater is out after the first play. Yeah. So do you know what happened on that? Somebody spotted it, like he passed concussion protocol. They wouldn't let him back in the game, but somebody spotted it, and because of the Tua stuff, he was down. So he played was one it, play. Should it have
2: done it and they had Skylar Thompson come
1: in. I don't even know who that guy is. Me neither. Never heard of him. Me neither. So he comes. And they in, made it kind of competitive. Started. Yeah, they ended up towards it at the end. The Bills just steamrolled Pittsburgh. I mean, that was a Davis
2: baby. Let's go.
1: And the bucks aren't right.
2: No, that that's why I'm saying our schedule so it's not is not as dark as We're not going to get
1: run by anybody except I mean Buffaloes would be tough, but everybody else you could you then. can go toe to toe with. Yes. You just have to figure out a way to close 100%. games. It you know, it's really that simple. And now with Watson back in here, you get him in the building and then for a month and then he practices for a month and then hopefully he's ready to go. And all that you h- hope for here as you sit at 2 and 3 trying to make sense of it is is that by the time December 4th rolls around, it's meaningful. That's all. That's hope all you want. You just want yeah. meaningful. You yeah. know, it, is it too much to ask for those games to be ones where perhaps there's some semblance of a hope of a playoff chance. The good news is I think in the NFS, in the AFC, at least I think it will be because no one's running away with this thing. No, except for the teams at the top, Buffalo and Kansas city, are going to separate. I think that's a lot. Kansas City gets the Raiders. That feels like it. But everybody else in this side has flaws. I cannot believe. I was ready to put the Titans away. They won 3 in a row. Don't bury them. Yeah. Not that their win was that impressive to beat Washington, but you get the point. Um, the separation is at the very top, and it's Kansas City and the Chargers, and everybody else. I think is going to be hanging out. I don't. I mean, it's not good in Cincinnati either, and they no. have their full complement of players. You're right. Higgins was down yesterday, but he, he was. Injured. By the way, not great for uh, fantasy not, folks. No, no, no. probably survived that though. I think. Um, so that's where you stand. Be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today. The best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Coming up next, the Hoff for the Joe Thomas hour Thank of the goodness. program. Thank God. you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: There's nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns and twisted tea. It tastes just like real iced tea. You know why? Because it's made with real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing, 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and gold. Twisted tea, hard iced tea, keep it twisted. You might need several of them after the way this thing finished on Sunday. Welcome yeah. in the Joe Thomas hour of the program. The Hoff joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline brought to you by Twisted Tea, hard iced tea, an official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Uh, this was cruel, Hoff. It was tough to, to do so many things right and to not be rewarded with a win because of breakdowns and misses and special teams and and so forth it's these are hard to swallow buddy
4: cool and unusual punishment have been the Browns' games this year the way that they found ways to lose in spite of playing some really really good football and i think the most disappointing thing for me is just you've got an offense playing much better than you expected maybe going into the season a quarterback we didn't really know a whole lot about and i think by and large, you surpassed expectations. You're scoring points, and you still can't win, even though you're in the situation uh, at the end of a game where you're kicking field goals to win, and, and you don't do it. And I think that's the frustrating thing, is when you're exceeding expectations where they are on offense and with Jacoby Brissett, and you're still losing.
2: It was a frustrating one. Let's just start big picture. What were kind of your takeaways from the offensive performance, the defensive performance, and then the special teams?
4: Well, offense, you got to be excited about the way they continue to run the football, over 200 yards rushing again, almost a seven-yard average, which is really kind of difficult to wrap my mind around. My entire career, we were chasing a four-yard average. And uh-huh. We'd feel pretty good about ourselves when you're, you know, four and a half, five yards a carry, but the way that they're running the football is just ridiculous. Um, I thought Jacoby Brissett, other than that interception at the end, playing good football, um, he found – Amari Cooper, which that was a question mark coming into this game. Like, hey, yep. is he going to be able to kind of link up again with Amari and and after sort of not really finding him at all? I mean, he was witness protection program the week before. Amari Cooper has seven catches. He's targeted twelve times, and you can see the impact that he has when he is a big part of that game. I thought Donovan Peoples Jones played a great game. The Chiefs continues to play good football. I mean, offensively, there's a lot of stuff to be really happy about, but um, then you pivot to the defensive side of the football. And although the breakdowns in the past defense are not there, that like they were earlier in the season, you just can't allow 238 yards rushing. You can't let the chargers who are not a good running team to be able to run the football the way they have. And I think that's why Andrew Barry made the, the decision that he did to trade for a linebacker last night at the stadium, because he realized that our interior of our defensive line and our linebackers are just not cut out to be run stuffers right now, especially after losing Anthony Walker. Joe, can you teach clutch? Uh, I think you teach it as a person who's been in that moment before. I think not, not necessarily just in the NFL, but throughout your life, maybe being in those big moments, having that confidence, you know, Succeeding in those moments builds confidence that you're the type of player who can compete and play well in those big clutch moments. Um, and I, I think when you're a young player, you question yourself a lot. Hey, am I clutch, right? Can I be clutch mm-hmm. at the NFL level? And going out there and doing it builds that confidence that you can go do it again. And until you're in those moments, sometimes you wonder. And unfortunately for a lot of guys on this team they have not been clutch this season
1: well and that's the thing just to follow up real quickly on that please we know this is the youngest team in the nfl and what you worry about is that this stuff becomes habitual well we've seen we've seen it now three
2: three i've seen it more than anybody
1: yeah but to be fair i mean that just from a from an overall talent standpoint, this roster is different than a lot of the ones the Hoff played on. hundred percent. Right. I think we'd all ignore, acknowledge that like this, this team from a talent standpoint, but you just worry that this stuff starts to snowball Joe. And that's a young team being impressionable. Like you get used to it.
4: Yeah. Well, that's the, the danger of having these moments over and over again. Was um, at the Buffalo bills that, were terrible in one score games up until recently, you know, until like I think last week. Um, and you worry about that creeping into people's mindset, right? Like,
3: mm-hmm. Oh,
4: you know, you're not good go again. in those clutch moments. You have lost in those moments before. And then all of a sudden you start getting into that point of a game where it's a tight ball game. It's a one score game. You're going to need somebody to make a plate on the stretch and everyone gets tight rather than being loose. And having confidence and excitement about the ball coming to you in that moment where you can make the play and you can be the hero, you start getting nervous, right? You get nervous that the ball is going to come to you and that you're going to be the one that blows it this week. And that negative Mm. self talk all of a sudden kind of spills into your performance because you aren't confident in what you're doing. You're not excited about being able to seize that moment and it definitely snowballs. And I think that's why mindset is such an important part of being a professional athlete. That's why these guys hopefully are training their brains. They're training their minds. They're doing the meditation. They do uh, the visualization that you need so that when you are in that moment, it's not the first time you've been there because you've been there in your mind before and you are excited about being able to capture that moment. But there's definitely a fear uh, and uh, there's going to be certainly, hopefully some, some, proactive maybe mental coaching going on so that it doesn't snowball into a oh here we go again type clutch moment somebody's going to screw it up
2: and unfortunately that has been what has let this football team down too often in this season sitting at 2 and 3 half just educates me Bo our listeners because so much has been made about the fourth down call and you and I've already talked about it uh where many people wanted him to sneak and I get that and a sneak very well may have still gotten a first down because the guy's nine for nine on the season that would have made him 10 for 10 uh but instead we ran kind of a a a slower developing run kind of like with a with a pull there what was the play call what did the chargers do what did you think of it And, and break down what it could have been and what happened.
4: Well, one thing I do know is that the other 31 teams in the NFL and their fans, they watch film too. And so they know how good the Browns are at sneaking it. And it's great to think that, okay, if we just sneak it every time on fourth and one, we're going to get it. But if you're predictable in the NFL, no matter what it is, like there's a defense that stops every offensive play. And actually in that moment, we talked about it a little bit today, Z, the Chargers had the perfect defense called to stop the sneak because they were just like the Browns fans. They expected, here comes the sneak. So what they did is they put four defensive tackles in the gaps, in the A gaps and the B gaps, and on the snap, they slanted them out hard, and then they ran linebackers and safeties through the A gaps. So basically what they were trying to do, because what we've seen Jacoby and why he's so successful with the sneaks, is he gets the ball and he stands back, which he learned from Brady, and he finds a gap, which is usually to the side, because typically in a sneak, everybody just kind of wedges and caves forward and you try to push forward for you know a foot or two. And then there's lots of green grass and space to the side. So Jacoby's been really good about backing up, taking a second, and then finding some space either side to the B gaps. But what the Chargers did is they realized that was going to happen, so they slanted those defensive tackles out to take away Jacoby's ability to stand back and then sneak off to the side, and then they ran linebackers and safeties through the a gaps to be able to take it away if he saw that there was that slant and tried to go forward. So they called the anti-sneak play. So had we sneaked on that moment, we would have not made it. It would have been an abject failure. And then, of course, everyone would have been saying, oh, you always sneak. If they knew it was coming, so you should have run a different play, right? Well, that's what's great about being a fan is we get to say that you know after the fact. But they actually had the perfect play called. They called 96 power. That's at least what I've called it in the past, or 26 power. It was your guard pull, your pullback lead. You're running basically from a gap out, and the running back is coming downhill. He's just trying to find the first hole, and he's trying to get through it. And the reason it's a great play in that situation is because the front side are taught to down block a gap. And any type of stunt or blitz or run through that they run, you're able to wad it up because you've got these three blockers on the front side that are all down blocking and basically caving that line in. And then the running back runs off the tight end or the tackles, but to the outside where there's a little bit of green grass. And it's one of the most classic short yardage plays in NFL history because it accounts for any run throughs, any blitzes. It basically picks anything up. And as long as you don't have a catastrophic technique or assignment error on the front side, it's going to get blocked and your running back is going to have a chance to make a yard. However, our right guard, who's an all-pro, and I love him very much, he whiffed, and so the defensive tackle that's now supposed to be blocked by the right guard is running completely free in the backfield. Now, that's not a good look for anybody, and as good as Kareem Hunt is when you've got a defensive tackle that's four yards into your backfield unblocked on that play, you have no chance. Had we made that block, and if you pause it, at that moment when cream is about is about to get tackled by the defensive tackle, there's an alley. That's about four yards wide that goes from the line of scrimmage all the way into the end zone that he may not have even gotten touched running into the end zone in that moment. So I understand the frustration from a fan standpoint when you're eight for eight on QB sneaks and you don't sneak it. And then you don't get it. It's really easy for me as a fan to say that was a terrible call. You should have snuck it, but If you go back and watch the tape, it was actually the perfect call for the defense that the Chargers were running because they were trying to take away your sneak and had it been blocked the way it was supposed to, it probably would have been a touchdown.
1: And you bet on Wyatt Teller every time. Of course. And last week you would have bet on Joel Batonio one-on-one yeah, every time. That's the maddening part. you're part. You're doing so much of the big stuff, right, Joe? You're missing the little stuff. That's and they're they're happening at the most critical times.
2: Yeah, and I'll admit I was wrong as I kind of assessed that play. Obviously, I wasn't able to watch like the the all twenty two of it. I got to watch it as it happened from the booth, and my issue, Joe, was it's it while it is as you said a perfect play call when you watch it back and you realize, man, if if Wyatt just blocks Covington, he probably scores a touchdown. It still is a slow developing play for a one yard gain. Do you agree Are with you, that I mean,
4: yeah, it, it is. like I, I would say that you could make that argument. Um, now, like I but said earlier, <laughs> you, 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 I, I totally understand what you're saying in that moment because it is slow developing, but the reason it's slow developing is because you want to be able to account for any of the run through, any of the stunts, any of the blitzes that you might see in that situation where the defense is thinking, hey, this is a gotta have it. Let's just Try something because if it doesn't work, we'll just live for another play. But if we throw a dart against the wall and we get lucky, it's a huge moment in the game. So you could see something in that situation from an offensive standpoint that you've never seen on film. Like they could dial up a blitz that they've never even put on film because, hey, why wouldn't we? we? We might as well try something because our chances of stopping them are pretty slim. So we'll run something crazy. So you run a slow developing play with. Rules that take care of whatever they could throw at you, knowing that hey, we've got some pretty good dudes on the front side here that are you know, pro bowlers yeah. and all pros, and they've seen just about everything. They'll be able to handle the front side, we'll wad it up. And now we got the best guard in the NFL pulling around a big wad of humanity to the outside and blocking the first thing off the tight end's butt. And now Kareem Hunt is running free in the secondary. So, I mean. If you're, if you're saying, hey, we're worried about them running a defense to stop our quarterback sneak, which clearly the Browns were, and rightfully so because that's what the Chargers were thinking, then you would either my, – my first play call would be power, which is what they ran. But if you don't want to do that because you want something more direct, you could run like a fullback inside zone. Or since we don't really have a fullback, you could run a Nick Chubb or a Cream Hunt little inside zone, which is what the, uh, the Patriots – we studied the Patriots from like 2007 to 2007. 2000- 10 or something goofy like that they had like forty fourth and ones and they converted like 39 of them and they were running just a little off tackle inside zone play where everybody just steps with the same foot everybody gets on a track picks up whoever comes to their zone and the running back just kind of gets his shoulders facing towards the goal line falls forward gets a foot gets two feet whatever he needs so I would say those are kind of your my favorite short yardage plays, and I'm sure the Browns have that uh, in their playbook. And, hey, maybe if they ran that, it possibly could have had success. But like I said, the defense that um, the Charters ran where they had those four big guys inside, they slanted them outside. We used to call it, hey, diddle, diddle, three up the middle because everybody on the inside defensive line is slanting out and those secondary elements are all running through the A-gaps. I mean, that's not a great look against an inside zone because they just have more dudes than you do. So you're only home. right. The only chance of stopping it is just wadding it up, and that's what power does on the front side because you got three guys that are down blocking. A lot of times when three guys are going down, you can account for four bodies because there's just no space for them to get through, so they kind of fall on each other, whereas the the zone stuff, you kind of got to be able to sort out a man for a man a little bit better.
2: It felt like in watching it back off that Wyatt was expecting the defensive tackles to slant into the center to try to stop the sneak, and so he almost overreached with thinking he was going down when the defensive tackle actually went out, and thus Wyatt kind of put all his weight on his left foot going left, and the defensive tackle actually went right.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's happened to every offensive lineman. If they've played long enough, you're in that moment, and it's a short yardage play. You're thinking that that guy's probably going to fire ahead, and so what, what happens is you get a little bit out over your toes, you get a little bit overextended. You come off a little bit too hard. You're not measured, right, in your approach, which, if anybody knows Wyatt Teller, the personality, he's not a measured guy. He's kind of all in or all out. So it's, it's understandable he probably wanted to go down there and murder the guy, which I get it. Um, but in that situation, it's a live and learn moment. Like, hey, it's more important to make the block and get a stalemate than it is to wipe him off the screen and get an attaboy in the film room on Monday morning. Um, and so he just got a little overextended and then once you take that first step that hard it's really hard to redirect when your defensive lineman is slanting that hard to the outside
2: in that moment and this is just one question I had that occurred to me while this happened is it almost better if you are in that situation to just tackle the guy from behind because then you know at least the team will get a penalty and an opportunity to punt or are you hoping that you're just kareem is going to make something out of nothing and it's still going to work out or is that too quick to even think like that
4: yeah i think it's too quick to make that analytics evaluation because (laughs) yeah it would be nice to be able to just turn around and tackle him and then hope somehow that you can make the first down right take the penalty and then punt but like a lot of times it's going so quickly that even if you turned around and just try to tackle the guy you're probably still getting tackled in the backfield like you saw from Kareem. Like yeah. even, I think even if Wyatt would have turned around and tackled him, the guy still could have tackled Kareem as he's being tackled because he's so far in the backfield. Now yeah. you really have done nothing right. for yourself. Um, right. And the worst thing would be if you get beat, you turn around, you tackle the guy, and somehow Kareem's able to squirt out of there where you're tackling sure. the guy didn't matter in the first place. <laughs> right. Now you've gotten beat – and you've gotten a holding penalty, and all of it would have in the first down anyway. So uh, I think while it's fun to talk about, I, I don't think that's realistic to happen yeah. in that moment.
1: Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is, we're spending most of the time because what we like talking about about offense. And the reality is, we make a kick and we don't give up, I don't know, 10.8 yards of carry to Austin Eckler, and you're not in this spot, right, Joe? I mean, this is, we're just getting bullied up front on the defensive side. What are you seeing? This is two weeks in a row. I mean, Atlanta had the 10 play, 75 yard drive against us last week that just killed us. And then, I mean, this is 238 the Chargers had. They Joe, had 258 in four, in four games. games. I mean, they get 20 less than that in one. What is happening to our defense in the ground game?
4: Well, if you guys remember when we were back in training camp, we were together enjoying the heat of that tent with no fan that Gibby <laughs> purposely kept from us. And we had those little bugs that were killing us. And one of the things I that kept bringing up is I'm like, Hey, I like our, our defensive ends, but I'm just concerned with our size on the inside and experience. You know, we just, yep. outside of Jordan LA, we just don't have any like big earth movers or guys that are just, difficult to move. And I was concerned like, Hey, if teams really are just going to say, Hey, screw it. We can't throw in these guys because they're so good. Um, they're so fast at linebacker. It's hard to get outside. We're just going to put a fullback in the game and we're just going to run the ball 35, 40 times and see what happens. And that's kind of what's happened the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I think it's really been the loss of Anthony Walker. That's been a big problem. But when I'm watching them on film, we don't have any linebackers that can come downhill fast and close a hole. So if you look at, like, a linebacker is responsible for a hole, if he's off the ball, now you have depth and width to that hole, right? You can imagine. If there's a hole that the running back's going to try to get through, but the linebacker is able to meet the blocker at the line of scrimmage, there's no depth to that hole. There might be a little bit of width, but now – he's plugging that width with his bot and then there's no depth. So there's not really a lot of space for that running back to be able to get through. But what I'm seeing a lot of is offensive linemen are meeting our linebackers two, three yards into our own defensive backfield and then driving them further four or five yards. So now you got a hole, that's you know, the width of a gap between a guard and a tackle, let's say. So it's two, three feet wide. And then now it's, four yards deep there's a lot of space for those running backs to get into and then it makes it even more difficult for the defensive lineman because now they're running down the line of scrimmage and they're trying to close that hole that shouldn't be there that is there and then now they're getting pushed further and farther past the hole and now when the running back cuts back katie bar the door i mean those running backs can go pretty much anywhere they want and you know it only takes two or three of those on a drive where all of a sudden now the defense is kind of worn down they're a little bit tired because it's it's tough when there's 11 dudes chasing one running back. That's why defenses get more tired and worn out quicker than offenses, right? Because even when I'm blocking somebody, I block my guy four, five, six yards, and now the running back takes off. He runs 50 yards down the field. I mean, I'm going to jog down there. I'm not going to walk, but, like, I don't have to sprint after the ball carrier. Wherever, as everybody on defense. They're getting tired out because every single play they're having to sprint all the way to wherever the ball carrier is. So, like, four or five plays in a row where you're giving up – 6, 7, 10, 12 yards rushing, those guys are getting tired. They're getting worn down, and then where the differences in maybe physicality already was there, it becomes even greater as fatigue starts to set in. Yeah,
1: it really does. There's so much to unpack with this one, and it's so disappointing to sit here at 2 and 3. We'll do our one-phrase game as we do every single reaction Monday. That's coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Rumpke Waste Recycling, family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. All right, let's do uh, one word or phrase from yesterday's loss to the Chargers. We've talked a lot about the defense. Let's skip down to some players, and I'll start with UZ on MJ Emerson. I love this kid i
2: love this kid i love this kid he's actually doing uh was with the media while we were on the air today and uh this is what he had to say and i think this is great he was talking about you know what happened at the end of that game uh with them going at him on that final play and i I just i love the comment i love what he has to say so he said rookie cornerback if i were him i'd probably do the same but i had different plans I just, I love it. I love the way he competes. He is a dog. He is exactly what I think this team needs. He's exactly what you want in a cornerback. He wanted Mike Williams. He wanted him. He said, give me 81. I love that, Hoff. That's what, I mean, you talk about fire. You talk about passion. You talk about a competitive nature and the desire to say, have that ball come to me because I'm going to get it done and then to do it. I love this kid.
4: Absolutely. I mean, he's the type of attitude that you want at every position on your team, right? He's the yes. guy that believes in himself and he wants that moment to be the biggest and he wants his opportunity to be able to seize that moment. That's exactly what he did. I know he talked about how Mike Williams, they, they wanted to go to him at the end of the game. They, uh, Brandon Saley, the Chargers head coach, said they liked the matchup and that's why they went decided to go for it on fourth down. But when you got a, like, a guy like MJ Emerson, Who's going to say, this is my time when the moment's the biggest. I'm going to be at my best. That's exactly who you want all 11 dudes on the defense to be thinking like because he showed up when the moment was the biggest, and I think he's got an extremely bright future for the Browns.
1: All right, Hop, this one comes to you first. Nick Chubb.
4: You really can't say enough superlatives about the job Nick Chubb has done. And I think one of the things that is really exciting to me when I watch Nick Chubb is His ability to make just small little cuts in the hole where sometimes it's really not a play that's blocked for much, but he's able to just make a little bit of a jump cut, just a little bit to the side, and all of a sudden all the angles for the guys on defense that are trying to make a tackle, it changes like that. And then he's able to use that acceleration the speed that he has to turn it into a big run. And I think his ability to make some of those little small moves in the hole allow him to keep himself from being – Waylaid by some of the bigger hits, and I think that keeps him fresh as the game goes on, and I think that's why he's so efficient in the fourth quarter and why his rushing average is so ridiculous in the second half.
2: Huff, I want to ask you: I want him in there on fourth and one. I want him in there at the end of the games, especially if we're going to be running the football like we did towards the end of that one. I want him. I, I just want. I think we are better when he is on the field. What do you think of that? Uh, Kareem is excellent. Excellent. Not taking anything away from Kareem Hunt, but he's not Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is, is the best
1: running back in he's football. He's one of
4: one. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think that's one of the things that I think Coach Stefanski will probably say that he regrets. You know, the fourth and one, I love Kareem Hunt. Like you he said, he's a great player. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL, but I think Nick Chubb can do things that Kareem Hunt can't. He can make guys miss I think in a way that is rare in the NFL, and he's got that ability to accelerate uh, from almost being tackled, being dead stopped, to being at full speed that probably nobody else in the NFL has. And so I think you're going to probably see him a little bit more in those critical moments because that's definitely one of the, I think, fair criticisms of this offense so far is that in some of those moments in the game where you've got only Kareem in there, because Nick is out for whatever reason, I think you need to have Nick Chubb in the game because he's just that much of a difference maker. All
1: right, Z, this one comes to you. Cade York. Not good enough.
2: And I I feel badly for the young man. It's Mm -hmm. a lot to put on his shoulders, but this is the NFL. You were drafted in the fourth round. You've got to make those kicks, period. It is binary, as I said earlier, and you are – listen – 60, you know, 70,000 live, millions around the world are riding on you who are being compensated very well to kick a football between the uprights to do it like Justin Tucker does. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be that good. No. But you look at the, what Evan McPherson did for the Cincinnati Bengals last year on their ride to the Super Bowl, perfect in the playoffs, game winner after game winner. That, I'm sorry, that's the expectation. That's what we need. And we can't have him miss two kicks, extra points. He's not going to be perfect. Nobody's flawless. But in those moments, that's where you got to be clutch meter. you got to be the guy... Listen, here's something everybody can relate to. Beer pong. you got to be the guy that wants the ball when there's one cup left.
1: (laughs) Because you're going to bury them. Yeah, we thought he had that in camp. He had it in camp. He had it in in Carolina. Uh, Something's not right there coming off the foot.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. Uh, You can't expect perfection, but Misses need to be few and far between in today's NFL with the way the fields are in perfect condition, the way that uh, we're so good at holding the football, the way that these footballs are so perfectly manicured. I mean, the the environment is just about perfect every time a kicker is back there to kick. Now, granted, you're going to have to deal with weather from time to time, but that was not the case this weekend. And you need to be able to make way more kicks than you miss. And like, like Z said, occasionally you're going to miss one, but you can't have a couple in a game because it's just too important. That's why you draft the kicker in the fourth round. That's why these kickers like Justin Tucker uh, make the money that they make because they're that important. You win and lose games based on kicks going through the uprights. And, you know, you hope it's just a little temporary blip on the radar and that it doesn't become something that gets into your head because kicking is as much a mental game as golf or any of those other sports where you need to believe in yourself because the moment you don't, that's all of a sudden the moment your, your mind is telling your body subconsciously to get tight and to do things that it shouldn't because of the rhythm of a kick and how important that is. If you get that screwed up, then, then you got big problems.
1: Yeah, you certainly do. We'll, we'll finish on this one. Uh, we had four unsportsmanlike conduct penalties yesterday, Hoff.
4: far too undisciplined. Those are penalties that are never excusable. Uh, a lot of times they come back to haunt you. And it's just a matter of having the appropriate discipline and keeping the hierarchy of what's important. Correct. In your mind, you are trying to win the game on Sundays at one o'clock at first energy stadium. There's nothing more important in the world for that three hours and 15 minutes than winning the game. There's no personal Vendettas. There's no revenge. There's no T-shirts. There's no foolishness. You need to keep the main thing the main thing. And if getting a penalty because you're undisciplined or you lack the mental toughness to be able to just suck it up and deal with it during the next step, then that's a problem. And I'm sorry, I don't have problems for people that put themselves above the team by getting all sorts of personal uh, fouls and unsportsmanlike conduct type penalties.
2: Agreed. It's the details. It's, it's being disciplined. It's taking care of team. your business. Yeah. It's giving sixty yards to an offense that doesn't need it. They put up four hundred and sixty-five on their own. Mm-hmm. We don't need to give them any sixty-five for, for or sixty for free. Yeah. We got the theme here is we must clean it up. We must be assignment sound, which half? that's the thing that drives me nuts right now. Missing tackling, missed tackles, and then we're not even lined up right. Like, this is the third year in this defense, you know? And I said this earlier, and this I actually want to get your, your thought on real quick. Anthony Walker Jr.'s loss was not talked about enough it was a massive one not for just how he was playing but for his veteran leadership and his understanding of what teams are trying to do to the Browns and I know for a fact that he would talk to the other linebackers or that there was a safety there with him and tell them what was going on what was going to happen what they needed to do when you lose a guy like that and I think we've seen a little bit of chaos I think is a fair way to say it at the second level of this defense how big is that, and is that similar to the, you know, the center on the offensive line? If you go from somebody who absolutely knows what's going on and gets everybody exactly where they need to be in a blocking scheme versus somebody who maybe doesn't know, and you had other guys it feels like who were relying somewhat on Anthony Walker's expertise and that he was making them better, and that was just wiped out, and you look at what's happened in the performances of the guys around him since he has left, and you look at the performance of our defense, especially against the run since he's left, I mean, it's astronomical.
4: Z, it's worse than the center. He's the quarterback. I mean, yep. he is legitimately the guy that is the communication between the defensive line and the secondary behind him. He's the one that is in charge of all the checks. So, for people that don't understand, like when a defensive call comes in, they're not just running a defense and closing their eyes. Like what they're doing is they get a call, like let's say it's AFC, just pulling one from out from what I was playing AFC mean all front and coverage. So basically if the offense gets into 21 personnel and their strength is to the left, he calls the defense based on where the strength is and what the personnel is now, all of a sudden the the tight end steps off the ball and goes in motion. And now they're changing the strength or changing what the formation is. He's changing the defense in real time based on what the call came in from the defensive coordinator. So, his ability to change the defense to now having to communicate to the guys behind in case there's a coverage change and the defensive line in front in case they need to shift based on where the new defense is going to line up. Like that's all happening in real time. So he is almost even beyond the quarterback of the defense because he is the defensive coordinator of the defense. When he's out there, he's changing the plays based on what the offense is seeing. And, like when I played with DeQuan Jackson, who had a lot of experience, like the defensive coordinators would even give him more responsibility than that. Where he could completely check out of something if he saw something from the offense based on his film study, or he heard some of the calls from the offensive lineman, or he heard the quarterback making a check or doing something that he'd heard or seen on film from before, and he thought he could take advantage of it. He could change the entire defense just at the drop of a hat like that, and so. When you got a guy like Anthony Walker who goes out, I mean, the loss certainly has not been talked about enough because from a performance standpoint, but from a getting everybody on the same page and making sure that you're in the right defense for what the offense is doing standpoint, like I think that's almost the bigger loss with Anthony Walker.
1: Certainly not an easy one you're ever gonna get over. Hopefully the Dion uh, the, the acquisition earlier today helps a little bit with that with Deion Jones coming in we'll see as that goes along Browns fans can win big with digital scratch off game brought to you by the Ohio Lottery and on clevelandbrowns.com and Browns social channels fans can play once per day throughout the regular season by digitally scratching off a virtual card for chances to win great prizes like team shop gift cards tickets to future games for more information log on to clevelandbrowns.com and you will find it there we'll look around the league coming up next you'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN
0: Cleveland Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Elk and Elk, serious lawyer, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. We continue with the Joe Thomas Hour of Cleveland Browns Daily. Take a brief look around the AFC, specifically the AFC North. Uh, typically, Hoff, I, I am not waiting all day for Sunday night. I've had so much football by that point, but last night was an exception. I took off the afternoon games and was all in on the game between the Bengals and the Ravens last night. What did you make of between that two ga- that game between those two AFC North rivals?
4: Well, it was an interesting game when you watched it because we kind of figured with Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, there'd be maybe, you know, 600 yards passing, all sorts of offense. But the defenses did a fairly decent job limiting those quarterbacks. But my big takeaway was just the type of winner that Lamar Jackson is. And, you know, I think Joe Burrow played pretty well down the stretch. But Lamar Jackson only had 174 yards passing, and he only had 58 yards rushing. But I thought his performance down the stretch – he just finds a way to win. Um, and I think that's kind of what his career has been all about is, you know, he doesn't always do it in the most conventional manner, um, but he's a winner. He finds a way to win. He makes it hard on a defense because of the dynamic nature of which he plays. And then, oh, by the way, we've got the best Tucker, uh, the best kicker of all time, Justin Tucker, who's always willing to nail a field goal when it matters. And as soon as you get the ball and, the, and you get down there, you know, Ah, it's over. we got a kicker that's going to make it, and I'm, I'm hoping that one day we'll have that in Cleveland as well.
2: Yeah, it would be nice, certainly, Justin Tucker, with the exclamation point there. and But I came away again watching this game feeling like this division absolutely can beat both of these teams. We've just got to do it, and you can say that about everybody we played so far, but we've got to do it, and that's the frustrating part is there's nothing special in the AFC North this year. they are good football teams. The Bengals can be good. The, the Ravens can be good. We can be good. The Steelers are not good.
1: No, I think honestly, it would yeah, be, because of what I do in the morning. I have a little bit of perspective on Cincinnati's thinking, and I think that they're even more troubled than like we are with what's happened here. Because our stuff is mental breakdown. Like there is something fundamentally wrong with their offense in that they cannot drive the ball down the field. And up until last night, it was just so so. They haven't been able to run it. Like it just doesn't look right offensively for them. And they had expectations of being a team that could get right back to the Super Bowl off, and just isn't all the way back for them.
4: No. No, and they're lying. I, think, uh, yeah, ahead, I was going to agree with you there, either offensive line uh, has been a problem. And I think Joe Burrow just not exactly knowing where to go with the football earlier on in the season. And I think part of that was because of the training camp he missed with the appendicitis. Um, but he came back out there, and they were trying to go down the field so much. And I think it was putting a lot of stress on their offensive line. Burrow wasn't getting rid of the football. And then it's one of those things that just kind of snowballs, you know. Offensive line, they kind of lose confidence that you're going to get rid of the football as a, from a quarterback standpoint. Now they start doing things that are maybe outside of what they should, taking risks and chances in their pass protection that they shouldn't. Then they're getting beat more often. Then the quarterback's getting beat up. And he doesn't know what his offensive line is going to do. But, you know, they, they started throwing a few more short passes, which um, worked the week before. Um, I was kind of surprised they didn't kind of continue some of that, but it just seems like they're out of rhythm. Like between the quarterback and receiver and offensive line, running backs, quarterback. It's just, it's not what we came to expect out of the Bengals after making the Super Bowl last year.
1: No, it's not. Um, I suppose we should, before we let you go here, we should end on some sort of a positive note and that. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's got it a whole lot worse than us. They're drilled by the Bills. They are 1-4. They've never had a losing season under Tomlin. They They're will. having one this year. And I think it's – I mean, it could really bottom out a little bit. There's not a whole lot of bright spots there for that Pittsburgh team. They're much worse than – well, other than the receiver, who's pretty good. Pickens. Uh, the kid yeah. out of Georgia, George Pickens, is very good. But other than that, there's not a whole lot uh, to look at in Pittsburgh and go, boy, they got a long way to go over there, Hoff.
4: Yeah, I think they kind of hoped that with the rookie quarterback, they'd have a really good defense that could maybe shepherd them along, as Kenny Pickett learned. But without TJ Watt, it's pretty obvious that defense is completely different. Um, they really have a hard time stopping anybody. I mean, they can't stop the run, they can't, they can't get after the quarterback, uh, they can't do anything in the secondary to minimize the passing game. And Kenny Pickett's just, he just doesn't have enough experience to really make enough plays. To keep him in the game and all, and I, I think right now you hear Mike Tomlin, who I think is an excellent coach. He's saying all the right things, he's doing the right things. But I'm interested to see how they react if they're staring at three and nine, three and ten later in the season, and see what type of a coach he looks like when he's faced with those circumstances, which he's never had to face in his entire career.
1: Yeah, it's something. I guess that's the, the wrap up as we close it up with Yearhoff. Despite it all. The leaders in this division are three and two. No one's looked game busted yep. yet in this in this group. Yep, it's you know, the truth. It's the
4: thing that makes you so upset though is like you're sitting here going, "Man, we should be at least four and one." However, maybe at the end of the day, I think hopefully as fans, we can come back to the fact that we are two and three. Leaders are three and two. So what? We got to play all those guys a bunch more times. There's tons of season left. We've played. I think that maybe this is why. I'm feeling so frustrated, and why everybody feels so frustrated. What we've seen is better than what we expected from an offensive standpoint, certainly. Like oh, we my feel God. We've like a better more. team than we even expected. And yes. the fact that we just keep blowing it at the end is what's so frustrating. Like, you do the yes, hard things exactly. and impress us, but you don't do the easy things. If they can just start doing the easy things down the stretch, this is our division to win.
1: Devil's in the details, and we're failing miserably at that. Appreciate your time, Joe, as always. Ah-ha-ha.
4: Cool. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hopefully next week under better circumstances.
1: Yes, please. The great Joe Thomas with the Joe Thomas Hour of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally. Bet, you listen to 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Reminder: Join the
1: join us, B Dubs. Hey, you too, brother. You sure? One no, to three. I'm not sure. But Stop out. The Browns it. legend Kevin Mack from one to two. Visit the Cleveland Browns Facebook page to learn more. We will be out there tomorrow. We have Monday Night Football tonight. Vegas at KC. Vegas given seven. Getting seven, getting seven, getting seven.
2: Chiefs up 13, about a minute to go. Derek Carr drops back. He looks right. He looks left. He finds Darren Waller in the middle of the field for a meaningless touchdown. Great for my fantasy
1: team and great for the Raiders. (laughs) I got Kansas City here. I think they're two great teams in the NFL. I think it's them and I think it's Buffalo. And I think everybody else is well behind. I mean, we'll do around the league a little bit tomorrow, obviously. But you think about what happened to Green Bay. Uh, in in London, Tampa Bay barely. Just the NFC East it. is the best division. football. The worst. Pat roughing the passer call, I think, in the history of the league. I don't know. I mean, that's literally how we teach third through fifth graders to tackle. What did they say? Around was the, the waist, roughing? head away from. The what ball. was the roughing? We teach it. It's rugby tackling. I they say no he idea. fell on him. What no, was? He did it. He rolled. I know. So what, what are they? What are they that's even Exactly saying? what we teach. You teach to do. Yeah. You wrap and you. Teaching roll. tape. That's it. It's teaching tape, and they nailed Grady Jarrett for it. It was absolutely brutal. You have that to look forward to tomorrow, which is nice. We'll turn the page, get into New England as well. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.